Hello and welcome to season two, episode 3.5 of your mom's podcast. I'm Avis. I'm Caroline. And today we'll be talking about Degrassi season two, episode five, Drive. Roses are red and Joey's a dick just because Craig stole a car for Kid Elric. Craig is living the good life over at Joey's. Not only is he safe, Joey trusts him and treats him with respect. Unfortunately, Joey's perhaps a bit too trusting when he decides to leave Craig home alone for the weekend. Soon, the excitement of no adult supervision turns to boredom, and Craig and friends decide to take a car from Joey's lot out on a little joyride. Also in this episode, Ashley considers getting a belly button piercing so Ellie will think she's cool, and learns that not all friends are Paige Michael Chuck. Some of them like you for just being you. Aww. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, no, it's a cute episode. I actually particularly, I I know we have, in the future, have started doing, talking about our B-plots first. (laughs) Um, And I actually do, even though I was a little bit annoyed initially, like I think the first like rewatch, I was like, oh my gosh, Ashley, just... You're, you have a fear of needles, you admit later in this episode. Why are you trying to get a peer? Like, just like Ellie's like, why are, Why would you try to do that? Right. Like, I I think it's, and then the second rewatch, I was like, okay. Like, I can see she's traumatized. She's friend traumatized. <laughs> Low key. Yeah, no, it's very clear that, like, you know, if Paige had wanted her to get her belly button pierced, she'd have gotten her belly button pierced. Totally. She's lucky that Paige Michael Chuck is not into tattoos and body piercings. I kind of suspect, too, that, like, if Ashley had come home with Paige Mm -hmm. and a permission slip, Kate would have been like, eh, no, you're too young. And would have been like, no, this is just more of what we've been doing for years where Paige, you know, you're trying to impress Paige and I'm not playing this game. But I think because it was Ellie, maybe she thought that, like, Ashley actually wanted it. Mm -hmm. And that's fair because, like, historically, you know... There's been, like, moms can spot that shit. They're, they've been frenemies since, you know, they're, they've been in, yeah, like, they've been friends. So it's yeah. like, I, I would definitely buy that Kate would be like, yeah, this is this might not be your decision. This might be something you're getting guilted into or bullied into. So, no. <laughs> no, no, like, attached to Paige, it's more questionable. Like, it might be a no, and then, okay, we'll talk about it later to see what, you know, what's going on. But, like, Ellie, you know, is a new friend. And I, I think that she's obviously had to notice the change in Ashley. It's like, okay, maybe she does truly want this because the rest of her aesthetic has changed so much in the last couple of months. <laughs> because, yeah. like, earlier in this season, she's not quite this you know she's still looking like we said like she could have shopped at jc penny right but you get past a certain episode and you're like yeah ashley's full leaning full hard into like the the eyeliner (laughs) it's it's yeah yeah i mean i get it you know she's been through some trauma and she's trying to find her way in the world and she's always been kind of dark like she has. She's always had a. It was really. It was a short walk to her. from oh, <laughs> how I can be all that you ask of me and still feel like I am free, free to be who free I to am. Free to be who I am. To like, goth Ashley. Like it. It was not Ashley. And I like. And I'm. You know. I started off just saying that I actually do like this B plot, and it's true. I do like it for what it ends up being. I feel like Ashley really deserves to have a genuine friend Mm. in this time of self-expression even though I don't like I'm you know I'm just looking at everybody as more of an objective character versus how I personally feel about them and then I'll trash them later but um, (laughs) I think that like it's a lot of growth for Ashley to for for the historically for the things that she's done in response to not being allowed to self-express and say no or say yes because she feels like she has to do something else. Like, I think it's a big step for her to be like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. And I mean, Ellie must be a safe place. Like, you you know, you start, big changes happen in, you know, places where you feel like, okay, I have the best footing here. And perhaps she doesn't feel like she could do it before now. Yeah. So it's definitely a a power girl moment. So go Ashley for saying no. Yeah. Because body piercings are cool, but body piercings when you're being coerced are not cool. Right. Or, I mean, and she's not even being coerced, but, like, if you don't want a body piercing, don't get a body piercing. Like, it's that simple. 
Right. Do what you want to do. Don't do what you don't. And shout do. out to Ellie for being a good friend. Ashley mm-hmm. needs They're one hard of those. to hearts. She does. Their heart to heart is sweet. I know she deserves one of those, but she needs one. <laughs> the the A plot I feel like is a lot more insidious. Like it sounds like oh, kind of cutesy, silly boys joyride, whatever. But I think Craig's trauma is the main character of this arc. Absolutely, and it's weird because it's like, like you said, it's not an outright thing. Like the nothing bad happens yeah like joey's response is fairly appropriate for Mm -hmm. what could have happened like this was the best case scenario but i think it's it's interesting you know we start out with like craig being like so not used to like freedom and respect right that he's surprised at every turn and he's kind of taking it he's like drunk with power yeah he's like milk wasted and it's i think it's definitely like his surprise at joe at him saying like where do i go so we can presume that albert sent him off somewhere if he ever left craig if he took if he probably if he left craig it would be with a babysitter but i would think he would probably take craig with him Mm -hmm. most places especially after julia dies i think he probably went with him or he was at you know like we know we went to camp Right. Well, and Joe Craig's like status at this point as like he's essentially a foster kid. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't know how how long term this is. Like Joey could get sick of him at any moment, but continues to not get sick of him. And like you know, I can get that being overwhelming, and I can get even too. You know, I think Craig probably knew he would get caught. Probably. And knew that if he did get caught, he would get in trouble. But I think that it's probably Craig pushing boundaries not to see what he can get away with, but to see like what the reaction is going to be. What's the line? When do you hit me? Yeah. When do you hit me? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I think it's very, and it's very like reminiscent of a kid being in a new situation you know like he's still he's he is for all intents and purposes of a kid a a kid but like a baby new to this world like figuring out everything like they have to reorient themselves because like this is a new place right and for craig it's like he definitely doesn't know what the like joey's been nothing but temperate and nice with him because he hasn't done anything wrong now there's like okay how far is this gonna go you're yelling okay are you gonna like hit like knock stuff over you're gonna hit hit the wall are you gonna hit me what are you gonna do joey is so frustrating this episode it's hard it's hard to be joe from joey's perspective but it's also definitely like to to think about why joey is so like he's not being analytical about any of his actions like you know we start off with craig shows up with and joey told me you could have a couple of friends but no booze no girls no parties and he shows up with what three friends mm-hmm. and Joey, you know, and it's just Joey being Joey and being a goofball and whatever. And it's like, you know, what the hell, man? I told you you could have a couple of friends over and you invite the whole school. Right. And like with a kid who hasn't just left a highly abusive home, that could be fine. Mm-hmm. But that's not the kid we're dealing with, Joey. Yeah. And it's hard to like think that he is just not wanting to get the situation that he's put himself in. Right. In that regard, it's like, you've got to think of the things that make people anxious and the things that trigger someone, especially if you don't know what those things could be, because you haven't, presumably there hasn't been much like in-depth conversation about the abuse. And right. it feels like Joey might himself might not know how far it went. He just knows it's bad. Yeah. He knows it, it was bad enough that Albert didn't fight legally to get his son back from Joey because he knew that if the details came out, he would lose. That's all Joey really knows based on that what's happened and what Albert has and hasn't done. He most likely hasn't pressed. And I mean, just his character, it's totally in line that he would like just want to do the right thing, but not fully understand what the right thing is entails all like in different situations he's not he's not trauma informed and he's emotionally immature 
he's a sweet guy. He's always been a sweet guy. That's not his problem. He's kind of like JT. Mm-hmm. He's a sweet guy, but emotionally he's out of his depth. Yeah, <laughs> he's like out of his league, man. Well, and I think you know the thing with the thing in the towards the beginning where he's like, "What you invited the whole school?" Right. Is one thing. I think the more glaring example of Joey not knowing what he's doing here, and I think it's also more understandable because he's angry. He's never dealt with this. You know, Angie's like five. She's not going to be stealing cars for a while. <laughs> Lucky him. <laughs> and then but she just Craig... disappears. <laughs> But when the guys have left and it's just him and Craig in the house and Craig's sitting on the couch and Joey's just kind of standing behind him. And like that had to be terrifying for Craig because he doesn't know what's coming next. And he's used to needing to know what's coming next so that he can protect himself. Absolutely. And I think it's really interesting when Craig stands up and Joey yells at him to sit down and he says, you're not my dad. It's very much not a like, you're not my dad type of yeah. thing it's i don't think yeah. he's saying it to joey at all i think he's saying it to my to himself like this isn't yeah. your dad you're still safe it's such a it's you feel so sad for craig because it, it's like in this situation i think it quickly becomes apparent in his eyes jake epstein his face completely shifts from feeling apathetic to feeling like on edge and alert to feeling like triggered devastated like anxious like he's got so many emotions on his face right in this argument because he really does come off as like nonchalant apathetic to joey's anger but it's a defense mechanism right and you can so tell right it's not just some punk kid who's like whatever i don't care fuck you i won't do what you told me Mm -hmm. like it is a kid who has been through hell yeah it's a trauma response and defense mechanisms are spawn and are in them in and of themselves trauma responses Mm. so him trying to dissociate but can't you know he can't dissociate because there's still things actively happening that could like affect his physical safety possibly he's on edge and he's like oh my what what do i do and it quit like the tone shifts so much just not even because joey's yelling but by Craig's emotions on his face. Like that's when the episode shifts and we're like, oh shit, Craig's going, you know, this is hard for him. This is really hard for him. And I mean, of course there's a little blip in the beginning of the episode, like you said, but it's like nowhere near this like tone shift of damn, Craig is still like these, like these things are going to affect him for the rest of his life. And this is a really triggering situation for him right now. Right. I hope somebody gets Craig into therapy. Oh. Well, you know, if you're watching along, I hope that they get Craig into therapy too. <laughs> that we is should... how I can avoid spoiling things. <laughs> we should talk about the uh, the more fun parts of the episode, although I use the term fun very lightly. First very off, very lightly. <laughs> Kid Elric. Is yeah. that like degrassi universe kid rock is that where we're at with that, that i think so his styling is very kid, but it's also like i don't know his it, it i think it's supposed to be a name it's probably but like i i i feel in like my head just, canon he's kid rock he just says a. yeah he right and i think Ball that's probably bang to bang diggy diggy <laughs> I think that's probably the best thing for the fan is to just make that canon. I don't know if it was apparent to most people, but that's what I've always thought. Want to be a cowboy, eh? And like, they're all so into him in a way that I do remember. Like now it's obviously hip hop is the new pop stars, new rock stars, you know, like there, that's why there's like on uh children's movie uh, soundtracks, there's fucking rap songs instead of rock right. songs. They're pop songs. It's a little jarring, actually. <laughs> it's like every child's like media has a trap beat now, and it's really weird. It's so funny though. I think a lot about how much of an influence like '90s Nickelodeon had at bringing like hip hop and R and B into white suburban living rooms every weekend. <laughs> Like, I remember the first time that 
I heard No Diggity by Blackstreet because they were on all that and it changed changed your life. What is this? What is this beat? (laughs) It changed all of us too. But I'm so, it's so great that you say that because it is, it really, it's a choice like of what programming or what um, like celebrities and stuff to have on the show but it's also a choice of what musical acts to have because like right that is what kids are exposed to and like so much of kids like like I said kids media is so is now not really R&B not really pop not rock it's it's hip-hop and rap that is what I like and then it's just a lot of classical Unless you watch Bluey, which uh, my child will be watching Bluey. Even oh my god, I'm not because have a the kid just to the make sensitivity shown to like I watch like two seconds of Bluey and I'm like I can't because I'm just gonna deep dive into a children's show that I am probably gonna be forced to rewatch anyway. So I'm not gonna do this. Yeah, but you're <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna make okay, it like exciting. Is, you've got at least like three four years before bluey hits home like watching bluey all the time you should watch bluey it will make it's it, oh my god it's so good it'll, it'll heal like something person. not that you're not a good person but no i, it do, will. I just it'll think heal like, shit. it's yeah. i so my husband and i have started watching it i don't know like my my uh, one of my kid brothers passed away in july and i had to go to indiana to be with my family and my little sister and my stepmom were just like watching bluey non-stop and so I yeah. kind of got into it and I'm like oh this is kind of cute and touching and whatever mm-hmm. so I get home and I convince my husband to kind of begrudgingly watch a couple of episodes with me mm-hmm. and then it becomes like before we part ways for the night he'll be like okay we can watch a bedtime bluey and mm-hmm. then after like a month of that like four times in one fucking week he's like do you want to hang out and watch bluey tonight Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to do tomorrow morning? You know, it's Saturday. And I'm like, no, I don't actually have anything until like three. Do you want to get really stoned in the morning and watch Bluey? And like, mm-hmm. it's very cute. It's like our thing now. And we were talking the other day, like, it is not a show for kids. Like, it's a kid-friendly show and kids love it and enjoy it. But it was made for parents. And so, like, honestly, no, watch Bluey before watch Bluey before the kid comes along. Because then you'll just, like right out the gate be the best parent in the world i feel like like in a way a lot of these shows and you'll understand the blue i like cross posting meme i really want to send to you that you won't get right now got it so i need to i love having to watch something to get a meme i love just for the meme i love the like the reward of that is really satisfying though but like I gotcha. I will watch Bluey. Um, Sometimes this is a Bluey podcast. <laughs> I feel like the the fanaticism that they have, over, like how excited they are over Kid Elric, like it wouldn't be believable anymore mm-hmm. if it was like a one guy that's got a cowboy hat on and is like crouching. Like I'm just thinking of the performance he gives like seasons later. Because we do actually see Kid Elric. Spoiler alert. I am, obviously, I spoil something. I don't There's think that a, that's, like, a major. That's not I think, a major spoiler. Okay. Like, that's fine. There, uh, I'm character never goes. now. <laughs> I'm done. You've ruined all 14 or 12 plus 18. seasons for me. 18. Oh, I'm always if fucking you count forget next, next class. 16. So no, we have no, 16 four, seasons left. more. So it's, yeah, there's so much Degrassi, guys. Because we're in season two, so we have 16 more seasons, Everybody 18 total, right? Then. That's a little daunting saying that. But anyway, um, a character goes to a Kid Elric concert, and the way that they're, like, jamming in the front of the, of the, the venue, like, uh, 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 uh. Kid Elric is my gym. And this is significantly many years later. Right. (laughs) Kid Rock did not last that long. (laughs) Like the, the celebrity of this guy is like, like really high for him to be still selling out. So like, like with the youths. (laughs) Yeah. No props to Kid Elric for staying relevant for that long, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's very difficult. But, you know, I I definitely had a okay time watching this episode until it got to the nitty gritty. 
Yeah. Um, that it just bum- the nitty gritty always bums me out a little bit though. So it's like that turn that it like it makes me kind of prefer episodes of Degrassi where it's either serious or it's light. Right. Give me like <laughs> give me <laughs> give like, me weird time still where tragedy hits Degrassi and also in this episode Joey sells Joey his sells house. his house. Yeah. Like that's such a mixed bag, man. Just focus on one thing. Right. Let me, I don't need, like, they're just giving me every other, like some, like the format starts to become like you get every other scene to process the bullshit Mm -hmm. that is occurring, which I don't know. I don't think that's better versus there's just a tonal shift in the middle of the episode or like not even the middle, like with 10 minutes to go. So you just want to bum me out and then leave. Right. Well, and it's not even 10 minutes. It's like five minutes. It's like two minutes. Like this, these episodes are so effective. I I don't know if we discussed that at all, but they're like the length of them. It feels like every time I go to watch them, I'm like, oh, I need to set aside. You know, we're typically our episodes cover two Two of the Degrassi episodes. So it's like, okay, I need to watch two episodes. I need to set aside at least, you know, an hour and some change. No, they are 40. It's like 40 five minutes if that to watch both episodes no breaks it's and crazy i sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no i was just saying and it's it's definitely i always forget how short they are because they feel so long like there's just a lot of packed content but the pacing never feels like oh we're getting so much and we are like i'm overloaded it just feels like appropriately length but they're all so rich Right. No, I've been realizing, you know, because, like, I'll have to jump around to, like, get the quote right or, like, grab a fashion screenshot or whatever it is. And, like, I'm watching on my phone on Tubi, so there's that, like, 10-second rewind. And, like, how much can happen in 10 to 30 seconds in TV time is really interesting to me. Yeah. And I'm noticing that with this process. And Degrassi, you know... It might change when we get to the boiling point. I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard of the boiling point. I know nothing about it. Doesn't the boiling point is the wild, wild west, and we haven't even decided to set off for it yet. <laughs> well, I mean, we said <laughs> we we're doing even, it all. We're well, we, no. I'm just saying we have like our calendars in terms of like you know if we want to use like timelines, we've got a while. Like we've we still got a got harvest while. to sow and plow so but that y'all... we can afford to go west. We're planning to do the boiling but we're going point, west. So like, please start praying for us now. And, it's a lot, to, and when to, we get there, but we're send excited. Coffee. We're excited, oh, so excited <laughs> for lemon ginger tea for me, please. No, you're that gonna want me. coffee. You're, I don't. By the see, time coffee makes nah. coffee makes me so jittery. You I have like that. a caffeine tolerance. Oh, trust me, I used to but power by the time we get drink to the coffee. You're like a couple like years, not even a couple years ago. I Girl, <laughs> caffeine for ADHD, if you guys did oh, not know this, caffeine for ADHD ain't good. It okay. does what any so just stimulant in my cocaine. body. Yeah, any stimulant in my body, like that's what I need, honestly, like pharmaceutical cocaine if I'm going to do anything. Because like anything, caffeine for my body, like I can power drink a 12 ounce co- or 20 ounce coffee from Wawa and then go back to sleep. Uh, something's wrong with me good (laughs) it definitely used to be better in in college it fueled me and i thought it i was just vibrating like from life but no it was the jitters it was the wawa coffee yeah and i was not taking anything pharmaceutical i think i was just younger and so i had a little bit more energy in my body (laughs) (laughs) but yeah adhd guys like spinner i am (laughs) I have the ADHD, but uh, speaking of Spinner, he's off the rails in this episode. I love they're like so bored and he's like, uh, you want to live on the edge? I've got an idea. And the idea is cans of spray cheese. Yeah. Like, and they're all so, and I realize how much he is like, like a kind of a co-captain of the bullshit in this episode because Sean is like the third mate. Uh, of the Cause like, you know, of course, Craig even introduces the idea of the car after the spray she after they're like fuck this spray cheese thing is dumb like then they go back and sit on the stoop and you know they're talking and craig's like oh i love driving like oh i know you know and spinner's like oh i bet you know where the keys are and he's like yeah but i don't not use those keys (laughs) not to bring it back to like everything being sad 
But I noticed watching that scene, like, Sean's the only one who knows what Craig's talking about. Yes. When he's talking about how much different it is. Like, everybody else is kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, your dad was kind of a hard ass and Joey's kind of cool, you know. But, like, Sean and Daniel Clark, you can see it in his face. Yeah. I like that. um, I like that I feel the different relationships he has with the, you know, these guys like Marco is probably the one that's like, he, he has to be the one that's like, no guys, this isn't a great idea, but I'm going along for the ride. That's typically the role he plays. But I also like that Sean is vocal in wanting to experience that freedom. But at the same time, you're right. Like he has that prior, like that knowledge that maybe if Spinner had, he wouldn't have encouraged him so hard, you know, goaded him into taking the keys and breaking into the car lot. Like it's, it's questionable, but I think like we were talking about um, in a different episode, but it's the same character. So the conversation is relevant, but it's just like how Sean is, has a different like worldview based on like his socioeconomic status, but also how he was raised. And I think that that lends him a little bit of apathy sometimes Mm -hmm. where he's just like, if they're willing to, to make these, to, to take the risk, why should I step in and, you know, tell them it's not a good idea because of the abuse and, you know, maybe you don't want to make waves in this situation. Well, and I think, you know, I don't think that Sean was subjected to the same kind of abuse by Craig, as Craig. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I I would be surprised to learn that, like, his dad never smacked him around a little. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that his dad ever, like, chased him into his room with a fucking golf club. Um, I but I think, you know, in the future we get some glimpses of Sean's parents. And I think Sean didn't come from a household that was free of abuse. And I think, you know, certainly it's not just a, like a binary of like these are the two ways you react to abuse but i think like a lot of kids fall somewhere on the spectrum of like you either you fall in line Mm -hmm. or you fucking rebel right because if they're gonna find a reason to beat you anyway you might as well steal a car right yes (laughs) and i think sean is more one of those yeah i would agree with that like and i mean in this instance, their personalities don't, like, they don't clash because it's, like, they're in the same, like, not same boat because, like we said, we can't, like, it, it, not to the degree that Craig has experienced, but th- there's definitely similar characteristics in each of their households, mm-hmm. especially with the way that it does, what, what it produces in a child. And I think that for Spinner, like we've said, like, he's just not a character who's experienced anything like that he's super laid back goofy and you can tell by the way he acts he doesn't have a care in the world other than he'd like a little bit more money who wouldn't like a little bit more right. money especially right. when your friend is fucking never rich worry <laughs> about food on the table right. or the lights staying on or any or of his that. physical or mental or his physical emotional or safety mental, yeah yeah you know no, all of those needs were met and you can tell by the way that he's like, what could what could the repercussions possibly be? It's a joyride. Right. Like you've driven the car before. It's your it's your you know pres- your guardian's car. You know if he's even right. thinking of it that deeply, he's like, you know you know the guy who has the car. If he's thinking of it a little bit simpler, <laughs> right? He's like, you know, and then you've it. got Marco. <laughs> yeah, just Marco who. I- <laughs> who I think is not a product of abuse, but a product of like shame, a new world kid in a, in an old world home. Yeah. And like knowing the, having like a kind of a stricter, more defined moral code where it's clear that like mm-hmm. Spinner, especially by the way he jokes, just doesn't have that. Whereas Marco yeah. knows what would happen if he, you know, basically like he doesn't need all the situations to be specified. He knows that if he, you know, took something of his father's and went into his father's place of business and did this and that he, his ass would be grass. He doesn't need this specific instance to know like, Oh, okay. I shouldn't do that. Like, Oh, well maybe my, because it's the car. No, he's like, Marco's like, that shit's not going to fly. 
my dad would kick my ass. Right, and he's not going to get beat about it, but his dad's going to be really angry and cold to him, and his mom's going to cry a whole fucking lot. Right, it's just he's he'll be grounded, you know, like, and it, it, there'll be yeah. a lot of, the, there'll be those kind of repercussions, which for a kid like Marco is, uh, you know, punishment enough. It's enough. Yeah. Right, no, because Marco's a good kid. Marco doesn't really want to make a lot of waves. Marco doesn't really want to get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, he's got other things on his mind. But he would like something more exciting than cheese in a can races. And I mean, the bar is low for excitement, but just not spray cheese. <laughs> like, I, right. like, that's just not entertaining. But like, my bar is like, maybe one step above that. Like, I feel like that's how all of them feel in this episode. They're like, Is it really bad prank phone calls? I feel like that's like the situation's dire. Yeah. I used to be so good at prank phone calls. It makes me mad that like Sean's just like, oh, this is a power company. <laughs> like, bruh, shut up. I think like, yeah, like that's like the last, that's probably the bar. Like, like we're cranking, we're doing crank phone calls. Like, yeah, that's probably where we're, we're hitting the notch on the, we're running out of ideas. <laughs> right. But, like, why not make it a fun group activity that everybody can actually take part in and not just, like, be like, ha fuck you, Sean. Made you look dumb in front of Emma. That is, like, it soured the mood of the right. otherwise jovial uh, <laughs> fucking crank phone call. Uh, like, yeah, it could have been a group thing. They could have passed the phone around. They could have, you know, told, you farted into the phone. Time to come up with something, burped, you, know? you know, like, they could have, there was a lot of opportunity I mean, shit, even taking an old classic, like, is your refrigerator running? Yeah, you can run with that. Absolutely. You can. And the adrenaline I, is what makes it fun. <laughs> there was a period when I was a teenager where my biological dad and I were, like, estranged-ish. And it used to be, like, you could, like, they had, like, these calling cards that were specifically for prank calling where it would, like, disguise your number and it would change your voice. Okay. And so I called my dad's house one night. I'm like 17 Mm -hmm. and I use a male voice and I spoof the number. So like, it looks like it's a number from like his area. Mm -hmm. And my stepmom picks up the phone and I'm like, hi, this is Jake Johnson with general electric. And I'm just calling to see if your refrigerator is running. And my stepmom's like, yes, I got to go check and hangs up. And I call Mm -hmm. back and I get her on the phone. I'm like, ma'am, this is Jake Johnson again from General Electric. I don't think you understand. I need to know, is your refrigerator running? And she's like, well, I'll go check it or whatever. Or I got to go catch it. And she hangs up. And I call back and my dad gets on the phone. <laughs> and I'm like, hello, this is Jake Johnson from General Electric. And my dad's like, well, hi, Jake. And I'm like, look, I understand this seems like a prank phone call. But we're having a real issue. Refrigerators have taken on, gotten minds of their own. They're running rampant. Kids are going missing. Pets have been taken out of people's yards. <laughs> really need to know if your refrigerator is running. And if it is, sir, I need you to unplug it and chain it down. And I end up having this like whole weird conversation <laughs> with my dad, who at this point I haven't spoken to in like at least a year. Okay. Um, and then years later, I'm living in Indiana and I'm hanging out with my dad one day and i'm like hey weird question did you do you remember ever getting a prank phone call from a guy named jake johnson and he goes from general electric yeah how the fuck did you know about that <laughs> i'm like well sir this is jake johnson calling from general electric he goes that is the best prank phone call i've ever gotten he's like we always kind of hoped you'd call back oh my gosh right we were just waiting the entertainment that's funny and it, i mean like you can't i mean you can you can just still do prank phone calls you just have to get one of those text free app numbers and um right just get whatsapp yeah and you just do it that way i have done that before you know like in the modern era i've done that's <laughs> and those are i can attest just as fun mm-hmm. <laughs> convenient just as fun yet there are lots of things lots of ways to have fun with the boys for the weekend that don't involve indigestion from spray cheese yeah or grand theft auto like there, the, there's a lot there was a lot in, in between, between those things that they didn't consider they didn't even like try to get anywhere on foot they didn't go try to meet up with any of the girls anywhere else right joey didn't say you can't talk to girls period right he's just like like, you can't have girls over over. okay the world is your oyster i get that the house is your oyster but it's like a house is just a house especially when it's like you can't do anything inside of it like at least y'all have run of the house when it's just y'all in the evening i would have planned to be out on the fucking town (laughs) like we're, we're scooting booting 
or whatever the kids say down <laughs> down to downtown toronto yeah the kids definitely say that's what they that's say. totally what the kids say they say scootin bootin that yes I, i've heard them <laughs> i've heard the kids saying that yeah yeah totally i mean they live in a metropolitan (laughs) they live in a metropolitan area there are things like damn kid elric concert ticket contests happening in a park nearby like you guys could have gotten there like there are things you could have done well they didn't know that that was happening until and i get well no i I just mean like like, there are events there's things that they could do and get their like marcos talks about parking the car and going there on foot and it does seem like you know maybe it's a 20 minute walk 15 to 20 minute walk but like when you're a kid that's not bad at all well i i get the mind the the thought process there which is that like this is in like i'm sure it was planned but an unannounced event yeah if they get there right now they have a chance at these tickets but like but no there was shit that you, you could do right, you live like, in a metropolitan yes. area you live in a walkable city like yes like they're like that is the ideal teen scenario and don't rush to drive driving can be terrifying can we talk about that it, it, I, I love, love driving, driving and i hate driving and i yes that's and i mean i think that's most adults perspective because it's like ideally you're zoom zooming you know you're fly, you're listening to your your jams you know but like and it's nice and there's no traffic it takes forever <laughs> and your back hurts and other drivers are idiots and, and, suck. Like, nah, and there's just... construction and there's highways because most of the where i live there's like you're hopping on a highway to get you know like that's the quickest way right and you can avoid the highways but like then you're taking the streets and there's stoplights and there's buses well where i live <laughs> Where I li- we're like the state that like did not just cut through the mountains, mm-hmm. so like some stuff is just like so far away. Yeah, because like the highway goes north and south. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really have like much in the way of east west. So like if you're not right in the middle of the state, like you've got to get off the highway and drive. Like mm-hmm. shit takes so much longer than it should need to. Plus. Yeah. We just had all that flooding in July, mm-hmm. so all of these roads are getting redone. But, like, Middlebury, Vermont is, like, 40 miles from me, and it's an hour and a half drive. Oh, jeez. Wow. Because you... You gotta go around? You just, like, you gotta go around. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that there's sucks. no highway that gets there. See, that would cut me off significantly from, like, visiting people... In either, like, you know, in either direction, yeah, 40, 40 miles is, yeah. like, 35 minutes. Well, it took 40. a long time for me to get yeah. used to it, because I grew up in Delaware, right. and, like, <laughs> you can huge. drive from the top to, of Delaware to the bottom in an hour and Yeah, like, they're, the huge and so highways, I grew up with that. the massive, <laughs> large Well, and it's highways. just small to begin yeah. with, and so, like, my mindset growing up was, like, if it's more than 15 minutes, it better be fucking good. yeah. And that that definitely is my mindset too. I've had to expand it a little bit, but and now I'm like, oh, it's just like a four. You know, like sometimes I go and hang out with our producer Dylan, and I'm like, oh, it's just like seven hours, whatever. Like, that is a beast of a trip, like it is, and definitely it is. And I'm not young like I used to be. It's hard. I can't road yeah, trip road like trip I is hard to. on the body, especially if you don't want to get and... out and pee or stretch, right? Because like you have to pee. I think that I've found creative solutions, not to get too deep, but for not having to stop all the time when I'm peeing. But, you know, that is only if you're not driving. <laughs> if the driver has to pee, right. then we're stopping. <laughs> I remember my dad, not to get too, like, into stuff, but my biological dad didn't have very much in the way of intestines after I was about six. He had an accident and lost most of them, and so he had a colostomy bag. Mm-hmm. And we would take a lot of road trips because I lived in Delaware. They lived in Indiana. So, like, there would be, like, the big pick up the kid road trips. And, like, my mom would do it one way and my dad would bring us home or whatever. Mm -hmm. And his solution, because he couldn't just be emptying his ostomy bag every fucking 20 minutes, was he had, like, a gas can and a short piece of hose. Mm -hmm. And he would, like, feed the hose into the gas can and then rubber band it to his bag and then just be like, I'm a road warrior. Oh, my gosh. MacGyver and like oh my god yes my my father was the macgyver of poop bags oh my gosh 
Um, in news that should shock no one, we have gotten off topic. Yeah, I mean, but this is this is such a but mi- this is that's you know it's such a mini episode, and I feel like once we get into categories, it's just gonna be done. <laughs> right. But speaking of, should we get on into those categories? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, we did everything in my opinion. I think we kind of covered everything. This isn't like a hard hitting episode to begin with. Like it is in the like it's an interesting glimpse into. The Joey and Craig dynamic. Right. But, like, that's not really, like, that's, like, the the subtext. It's not the plot. Right. And also, I mean, I guess it's semi-important to mention, they do win the Kid Elric tickets. Craig answers the question right that he's, Kid Elric is divorced. But, you know, Joey has, you know, has a reasonable reaction of ripping them up. And Craig is left you know in shambles essentially which like spoiler alert we're gonna learn down the road that joey has like money troubles so like maybe you shouldn't have left up those tickets those those scalpable tickets (laughs) yeah joey uh yeah i think other than that little detail spinner you know we're good we can try we can spin on out of here (laughs) all right um so you want to you you want to mosey on over to the fashion corner absolutely it's gonna be a very very short mosey and then we're gonna sprint away yeah fashion was light this week and then also you guys are smart you've probably already figured out like we broke this up because of the last week's episode with shane Mm -hmm. and so like we had tried to be light because we wanted to have him on for the full episode wanted to respect his time and make the most of it right but it was fine because the fashion was lacking anyway. It, yeah, the fashion. I only have one for fashion. I only have two. Okay. You want to kick it off? Yeah. So for me, I actually really do like Ellie's look at the piercing. In mm-hmm. the piercing scene, you can see it best when they're outside walking and talking, having their heart to heart. What I like the most is I feel like she's worn this piece before, but for some reason it looks more like a corset this time. She's 100% going to wear this top again. She loves this top and Mm. the dog spike dog collar again she loves this she loves this piece but the skirt is like kind of a pencil like skirt she's got it high-waisted it has a zipper down the front she's carrying this little handbag I can't you know I it's a an appropriately themed handbag but I really do like her little fishnets underneath and her hair is piled up on her head in an odd way but I don't hate it as much as I hate like the little like tri ponytails that she does or yeah fucking try ponytails other crimes that will be committed in the future (laughs) yeah that's mine yeah so i had joey at the car lot in the opening scene again he's so fucking monochromatic (laughs) i got feelings about it (laughs) and then my other was i just took a shot of ashley's hair i think this is one of her cuter cuts i don't think it's her best look but i think like this this haircut works for her it looks good it looks Mm -hmm. like it doesn't look like she's trying too hard. Some of her other haircuts look like she's trying too hard. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, Ashley is a try hard. <sighs> and that will be directly said, you know, yeah. shortly. But so those are mine. Yeah, I think, yeah, we're good. We're good to mosey on, you know, sprint on out of a mosey uh, to the fashion <laughs> corner and on to pew, 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 pew. fire some shots. I liked... When they're stealing the car and it stalls and Spinner's just like, short drive, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Same vein when they're in the car driving later after Craig successfully starts it again. He's going granny type slow and Spinner says, whoa, slow down. It's getting scary here. (laughs) Did you have another one? I don't. I don't. Okay, my last one is just a little bit more nondescript. You know, I would like you all to just to hopefully you are watching the episode, but if you could humor me and go on and look at the the part where Spinner farts because he ate too much spray cheese and <laughs> the entire car, most notably Sean, are visibly disgusted and like audibly like in up in arms at having to be exposed to <laughs> To Spinner's stinky asshole. Yes. <laughs> it's it's quite all of you know, it's quite prolific. So <laughs> I would go rewatch that scene. But yeah, that was my last 
second and last shots fired. All right. I guess in that case, it is time to hand out some awards. Yeah. We got some some shining stars. We got some super bummers. Yeah. Shining star wise. uh... I hate to say it, but mine is Ellie. Yeah. And she's my only one. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else is particularly like everybody else kind of like either sucks or is not really like notable enough for accolades. I agree with that. She's such a good friend in this episode. And like I started Mm -hmm. off at the top saying friend trauma is real. Um, and I think that Ellie friend trauma is so fucking real. Yeah, I think that Ellie is like a good, like just a they're a good match. And I mean, they I I do think that her showing her vulnerability, it just makes the scene so good that like mm-hmm. you know, and then Ellie just saying, you know, you're my friend. You don't you don't have to impress me. Like I like you for who you are, baby. She doesn't say for who you are, but she's like, I like you. You're my friend, and it's it's very right. sweet. And she deserves a shining star because she definitely, every time I watched that scene, it gave me a little bit of a tear. Like, oh my gosh, I love the heart to hearts in Degrassi. They're so fucking good. They are so good. Yeah. I don't think anybody else really fucking deserves it or came no. close. Uh, so the, sh- the, the super bummers, I have mm-hmm. two. Okay. I have uh, Sean and I have Spinner and I have... Okay. Also, I'm gonna throw Joey in there. I don't know why Joey wasn't yeah, no, at Joey, the top. Joey, I think definitely, definitely is a super bummer. I don't like peer pressure though, <laughs> and I feel like though Craig peer pressured his damn self some of the way, like there was just a little bit more of like, oh, you're not backing out, are you? And and like just making the situation something that socially he felt like he couldn't back out of i wish to say that craig bummed me out but i just ended up feeling sorry for him in terms of how triggered he is and like how hard of a time he's gonna have clearly look i am a not even trying to be recovering craig apologist (laughs) you do not have to justify to to me not putting craig in the super bummers craig will be a super bummer though so you just wait so many times just wait it's coming it's coming for us all. <laughs> but no, I would agree with those assessments. Marco's just the neutral. Like, he says, like, two things, like, for and against. Right. <laughs> he's, Marco's really just kind of there. He's fine with the keys being taken, but he's not fine with, like, driving the car. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, yeah, those three were bummers. Sad for Craig whatever what, yeah, whatever no, you know ashley's not ashley didn't right, bum I me out she like... didn't bum me out i think her she was relatable and i think that she's she relatable. didn't take yeah. forever to get there she didn't get a piercing she she actually said no before so good, good for you but you're not a shining star i do want to say he's not eligible for a shining star or super attila? because he's not a character he's a plot device but shout out to attila he's so lovely i want him to be my piercer he's like very like step by step let me walk you through and it soothing. and i like that in a piercer and soothing. i want him to record an audio it is book. a little weird to me though like you would think at least the first go round of piercing a minor you would need their parent to actually come in not just sign a form you would but whatever whatever they only have 22 minutes right like they're right i think that with the uh, the time they were very you know they had to be had to be thrifty but it Mm-hmm. you know a, probably a licensed establishment would require parental supervision right is it different in canada guys i don't think so don't but yes attila was lovely i agree with that <laughs> and then that just leaves one more question to ask does it go there does it go there does it go there does it go there did, did it go there it, will it go there would it go there could it go there? Does it have the potential Should to go, go there? there? Is it able to go there? <laughs> I know. I think this is a low stakes episode. You know, I think we get some important stuff. I don't think it goes there. Yeah. Just because, you know, it did get its own little episode, but we just could not leave it out. It does, it does have its important, you know, threads, but it's more foundational. Like we were, you know, right. than an actual high stakes episode. The yes, most high stakes that thing assessment. that happens is Kid Elric tickets get ripped up. And Craig is further traumatized. 
But I think also probably healing. I think it probably that was the most healthy exchange in the long run seeing like okay here is a parental figure being mad at me yeah i've been punished he maybe flew off the handle a little but he didn't raise a hand to me like i am safe these consequences wanted in this home and actually like the consequences fit the crime like it's Mm -hmm. not like you know he's he's grounded but you also can't go to the concert like fuck that concert right. and that's appropriate right. he could have had your ass arrested Craigley. he has the cause but you know we know we know damn well that joey jeremiah is a puddle of pudding <laughs> and he the fact that he the fact that he even like he's like craig i could have you arrested and is able to say that with a straight face just a testament to how angry that man was Mad <laughs> And I, I, I will take that. I'm going to try to look for more instances of Craig's healing because I do think he's in the background and approaching episodes. But I do think mm-hmm. that he's in a healthy environment. I do want Joey to just, you know, learn a little bit more about yelling unnecessarily just right. for your anger. Right. Like it's not going like what like, she did is fine. But what you like the the energy you brought into the situation and shouting at the top of your lungs, even though you're rightfully upset might not be, it's for you. It's not for the child. Listeners, if you're going to bring a traumatized child into your home and you are not already trauma informed, fix that. Yeah. And get yourself in therapy and and also get like family therapy. Yeah. And it's important because it's like these, like you might not know what you contribute to this right. trauma and it's important to know what your triggers are it's important for like joey needs to reevaluate and be like okay i'm clearly triggered by craig not respecting boundaries that i set for him and boundaries that i didn't right. even think i needed to set because i thought it was unspoken that you don't do this don't don't steal fucking, fucking steal one of my cars <laughs> didn't think i had to say right. that but it's like a lot of work needs to be done before we can be like being a hundred percent informed is never a bad thing. It's only going to help you. Thank you for listening to your mom's podcast. Next week, we'll be talking about shouts part one and two, which largely focus on Paige being sexually assaulted. If this content is too heavy for you, we understand. And we hope you'll join us for the second half of the episode where we will be focusing exclusively on the B plots which show JT and Toby clashing as locker mates and JT and Liberty being awful to each other. There will be a note at the top of the episode letting you know when it's safe to join into the episode. And if you'd rather avoid it altogether, we hope you'll join us the following week. Thank you. This episode of Your Mom's Podcast was made possible in part by Poor Parent-Child Boundaries, Jeremiah Motors, and Kit Elric. If you'd like to further support our show, you can follow our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YMPadcast and TikTok at Your Mom's Padcast. You can also visit our website at www.padcast.com. Your Mom's Padcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you feel so inclined, subscriptions and reviews are another great way to support the show. And if you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash your mom's podcast. And remember, that's podcast. P-A-H-D-C-A-S-T. Thank you. And we'd like to thank the following people for supporting the show on Patreon. A Butts. Octavia Faith. Margot Mancini. And June Bard. Thank you.